And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Lauren Conaway to talk all about the top startups in the city of Indianapolis. Hello, Lauren. Hello, Matt DeCourcy. How are you, sir? <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited for today. Uh, you know, Indianapolis is my second home. It is from it's my wife's hometown, and where I lived for eight years. And I got a lot of love for NapTown because that's where my journey as an entrepreneur started. If you've ever read my book or interested in reading my book, Million Dollar Bedroom, that bedroom was located in a house in Broad Ripple. So yes, people from the Ripple, if you're not from Indianapolis, you might not know where that is, but it's a, a trendy little part of, of Indianapolis. It's filled with bars and debauchery on some nights. I gotta tell you, I like the name. Like, I feel like I want to live in an area of town called the Ripple. Like that just sounds broad, like broad Ripple. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's funny. I actually, uh, I lived on the same street uh, that David Letterman grew up on. So that was one of the, wow. the yeah, in Indianola Avenue. So yeah, oh, I lived at 59th in Indianola right there in Broad Ripple, right next to Broad Ripple High School and had a lot of interesting stuff go on. If you want to hear about that story, you can read Million Dollar Bedroom. So Lauren, we are here to talk about Indianapolis's top startups. You know, Indianapolis is one of those cities, much like our hometown of Kansas City, that I think has a lot of interesting startup activity. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we've seen Exact Target and some other companies come out of Indianapolis and Salesforce has a huge presence there. Um, so, you know, a lot of interesting stuff going on there. And we've got 13 companies to talk about. How do you feel about that? You know, I feel like we are at the base of a mountain uh, with with 13. That's a lot of really awesome startup companies to discuss. But we are about to start climbing the mountain and I, I can't wait to jump into it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, before we do that, I probably should let everyone know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. That's the company that I own with my often co-host, Matt Watson. And we should probably congratulate Matt for about the 10th time on the show for his <laughs> recent, for the acquisition of Stackify and Matt's Woo! second big exit before he's 40. My God, we yeah. should just change his name to Midas. That that so, is crazy. he's he's the boy genius as far as I'm concerned. Maybe yeah. he does look pretty young for his age. He looks he, like he he's really does. Like <laughs> he's like almost forty, going on like twenty seven. So right, you know. and I mean, look, well, at, look it, at all that he's accomplished. Like that that's the dream, yeah. and Matt has done it twice. Uh, you know, everybody <laughs> he's listening probably got a few more. He's probably got a few more at him. I, yeah. you know, I feel like probably so, but congratulations, Matt. We are so, so very proud of you, Watson. You're amazing. Of course, you're pretty cool too. I, I actually, I wanted to ask you really quickly, how many books have you written? Three. Three. Okay. 
Yeah. Three balance, balance, balance me, balance me, which is a realist guide to a successful life. Uh, uh, which is kind of funny because people think that's a work life uh, a balance book and it's not because it basically says <laughs> that's a myth right away. And then million dollar bedroom, which is what I refer to as an educational narrative. Uh, it's the whole story of, of me as an entrepreneur and I'm hoping to write billion dollar office tower someday or something like that. And then the third one I wrote with my friend, Joel Cummins, uh, I worked in for a lot of people don't know, I worked in the music industry for almost 10 years. And then I worked in the live events industry for eight. Um, and uh, that's where my entrepreneur story started. But that that's a realist guide to successful music careers. So that was fun. And they, you, we were just so honored to have guys like Jeff Coffin, the from the Def, Dave Matthews band, write the forward. And so, yeah, get to hang out with rock stars and, and, and have them contribute to a book was, was pretty exciting. Almost exciting as being here on this show with you today, Lauren. So let's jump in to these <laughs> top startups. I'm apparently the people that tell us what to do have made, have told me to go first. So our first company on the list is demand jump and demand jump is digital marketing or martech as a lot of people will refer to it and it, according to them it takes the uncertainty out of digital marketing by re revealing more of the customer journey and competitive landscape that you could see and this company's raised 5.5 million dollars and you know overall like when it comes to how their product works it's uh, customer acquisition software that shows marketers new sources of growth online the mission is to understand the world's competitive digital data and make it actionable for marketers everywhere. And, you know, when it comes to data, you know, there's so much to do made about data in general, but so few things are people that know what to do with it. So, you know, that's what, that's what they're working on at demand jump. And, uh, you know, it, everyone talks about data, collecting it, tracking it, doing stuff with it. And very few people do it effectively because it's it's everywhere. And, you know, so they're, they use artificial intelligence and uh, show a holistic view of the data and overlies absent data and maps that target market behavior and gives marketers a chance to make better decisions. And, you know, if you can't if you can't make actionable, if you can't do actionable stuff with the data in and around your business, then the data is worthless. So congratulations, great. demand jump. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Demand Jump. And as as a you know, as an individual with a background in marketing, like I can't tell you how a tool like this could could be a game changer, you know, when you are trying to make strong decisions and trying to figure out where to pour your time and effort as far as your marketing dollars, something like this could be huge. You know, I just way to go, demand jump. Love it. <laughs> I think this next one on the list is going to be right up your alley. And for those that don't know, uh, Lauren is the founder of Innovate Her here in KC. Go to InnovateHerKC.com or maybe find a link in the show notes and sign up, ladies. Sign up. Sign up. Yeah. So, so this, this next one, when I saw it kind of come across, I, I took a look at it and I got really, really excited. Um, so we, we have Boardable. And Boardable, they are an affordable, easy-to-use board management software. They help nonprofit boards figure out, uh, you know, scheduling and meetings and communications. And so as someone who leads a social impact organization, somebody who works with a lot of folks who run nonprofits, um, I got to tell you, one of the, the 
pain points that comes up time and time again is board engagement. How do you keep your board of directors engaged? How do you keep them involved in what you're doing? How do you keep them you know, ready to go to work? And it, it's a really difficult task because board members, they tend to be you know, really busy. They've got a lot going on. And so figuring out easy access points to your board and figuring out ways that you can communicate them, communicate with them effectively, quickly, efficiently, um, it's absolutely huge. And and I, I don't think I can express to you how often I hear nonprofit leaders say, oh, I, I'm having a hard time getting my board engaged. Um, and, you know, it, it looks like boardable, like this is a tool to do it. It's, it's huge. I'm, I'm super psyched. I mean, do you, do you ever have difficulty getting, you know, your boards and your, I know you're involved in a lot of stuff, getting folks engaged, Matt? I, I don't have a board. Watson I and I are the, board, are the owner and the board, <laughs> but getting people engaged in general, I mean, is a challenge and especially when it's volunteer stuff. So I can imagine that because uh, the people on the board at Innovate her, that's, that's non-compensated, correct? Right. That's correct. Yeah. That's so, correct. The, so the thing is, is, and whether it's your advisory, so I would imagine this would also be good for like for-profit businesses as well. Cause one of the things that I do hear a lot is people sign up advisory boards and then they don't get any activity out of them. So I don't mm -hmm. know if it's, it, but I, it's the same problem. And you know, the thing is, is, is anytime you want to get someone's attention, you're competing with everything else in the universe that those people can, could, and do pay attention to. So some of yeah. that, if you're out of, if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. For sure. And I mean, is, I, that, is, that, what, is that the problem in some regards yeah, or is it? I would definitely say so. Like, so out of sight, out of mind is definitely a problem. Um, like I said, you know, board members tend to be busy and they have their own initiatives and they have their own companies and they have their own stuff going on. And so finding a way to communicate with them easily, um, you know, I, when you're talking about compliance with nonprofit boards, you always have to make sure that your I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And it looks like, you know, Boardable has a place for you to put meeting notes and it has places for you to pull in things like bylaws and board agreements and all of those documents that you have to have in order to be compliant. Um, having all of that stuff in one place, I can't even imagine how much easier that would make my job. So I'm I, like boardable. Well done, my friends. Excellent. Well, it looks like they've raised, <laughs> looks like they've raised $8 million in series a funding. So there's, they're, they're validating that effort and that need. So next on our list, we have E3M creative, and this is also in the market marketing and advertising space. And, you know, according to E3M and how their product works, they say that we understand that your company's story is unique and they want to help you tell it. Our team is passionate about the storytelling that a brand needs to appeal to customers, partners, and employees. Our team has worked with hundreds of companies to produce over 25,000 videos collectively throughout the team's careers. Now, look, this is, a, this, this is one of those things that, and telling your brand story is uh, something that businesses in general are terrible at. And the thing is, is as your business grows and grows quickly, it's really easy for the whole story of what the company, like how the company came to be and what they do. It's easy for it to get lost. And, uh, you know, anything that helps define that, um, you know, you, were met, you asked me earlier about books that I've written. The hardest part, about writing a book is writing your own bio 
And, and it, it's honestly, and I've talked to other people about that and telling your own story is sometimes a challenge. So anything that helps do that and, you know, they, you know, they're, they're striving to help make that process easier and a little bit more fun, um, and, and getting it done. So, you know, you talk about these kind of videos can define and creating then the, and defining your brand message and your story can be really good internally and externally. So good for them on that. I mean, any comments on, on E3M? I mean, I, so again, you know, I have a marketing background and storytelling is, is huge. And so I, you know, looking at, uh, you know, what they've accomplished so far, the fact that they have built this product. Um, I mean, clearly there is a market need, you know, I think that a lot of business owners, you know, they know the, the minutia and the logistics of, of running aspects of the business, but that storytelling piece is always, it's tough. Like, I mean, to your point, like it's hard to tell your own story. Sometimes it's really difficult to tell your brand story. So I'm, I actually really want to try E3M. Uh, but, but, you know, barring that, uh, I think it sounds like a really, really cool solution and something that's really needed. Yep. This yeah. next one's right up your alley. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, so next up, I, I, I'm really curious as to hear Matt's interpretation of how it's up my alley, but let's, let's, let's go. It's not, it's not. Uh, I, so, I said Matt with a very sarcastic tone. Yeah. So, so next up we have driver reach, uh, you know, boost CDL truck driver lead flow and improve speed to hire with a mobile friendly job app built in background checks and workflow. Um, so, so I don't know a lot about, you know, logistics and, and supply chain. And I, I, I know enough to get in trouble, but what I do know and the, you know, what was kind of show a light was shown onto this over the course of the pandemic, but, you know, supply chain, logistic, not going anywhere. Like we all need trucks. We all need truck drivers in order to live this life that we have grown accustomed to. And so imagine, you know, you are looking for truck drivers to move products. Um, imagine how much easier it could be if you had a all-in-one recruiting and compliance management tool at your disposal. You know, it has uh, reporting, it has compliance management services. You can help recruit, um, you can convert leads, hire, hiring faster, hiring better, and building relationships with folks that, that you need on the ground, moving product from place to place. Like I can't, I don't think, I, I think that there was like this whole toilet paper debacle and, oh, and antibacterial hand wash debacle, like right around the start of the pandemic, where I think we all kind of realized how much we need truck drivers and how much we need a continuous flow supply chain uh, system here in, in our country. And, and anything that can help deliver that, I am all for because I don't want to run out of paper, toilet paper again. I don't want to. Right? I don't know if that was because of truck drivers, though, but it was from a lot of people you... hoarding. A lot of people. Well, yeah, yeah. Then... So the the supply chain in general is delicate, and the reason we ran out of toilet paper is because toilet paper is one of those things. It's very it, so it's a very it's not profitable, uh, but it's one of those things. If your grocery store didn't carry it, you wouldn't shop there. So they have to shop it. But they it was it's very predictable. And it's and it's output like how much of it you need and so when all of a sudden the demand for it shot up they couldn't make it fast enough now that said everything you buy is comes on a truck 
and and there aren't enough drivers and the it's very competitive uh most people don't know so part of that could have been a lack of drivers and then also a lack of production and then some of these things so overall things that manage supply chain and logistics are uh, at the tail end of the pandemic got are getting a hell of a lot of attention because we broke our supply chain and some right. of that definitely was drivers so the thing is, is is the problem is is when you need to ratchet it up it's just like anytime things get outside of the margins, it becomes a big problem. And uh, truck drivers are hard to find. And then, the, and then certain kinds of trucks have to have, you know, CDL certified drivers and a whole lot of stuff. And this is just like when it comes to onboarding and getting getting things moving. Literally, do you like the pun there? Um, <laughs> this is this is a big one. And you know, it's and, and that's and that's a challenge. And you know, it it and I go through this myself when it comes to onboarding employees, because scaling your business without onboarding uh tools is a challenge sometimes. And you know, like I you know, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably, where I have hundreds of people that apply for jobs every month. And we had to build our own onboarding program and process to help smooth that out because without it, we lost track. Like it was very difficult. It became very sticky and very difficult to come up with it. Now, had there been some better tools and things available, um, you know, that were industry specific and that's the hard part. So industry specific okay. is probably the key there. So next on our list, we have, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, Kirano. And that's K-E-R-A-U-N-O. And this is a software company. They do uh, global communication software. So it's a SaaS company uh, that, uh, you know, connects people, processes software and systems. And they uh, infuse key modes of communication, including, um, you know, like a whole bunch of different things, different chats, employee collaboration, contact center integration, workflow solutions. And. Uh, this company's raised 25 million bucks and this is this is uh from from my perspective you know they're unifying communication tools and this is this is a, a real problem because uh, you know the, you're never going to find software that does a hundred percent of what you need it to do which means you end up daisy chaining a bunch of things together and unifying these things. So something that can create a central, uh, a central hub for that, a hub and spoke of sorts, if you want to visualize that. And this is, this is a real thing. So imagine your business is now growing very quickly and you have a call center, you have chat software, you have developers that need to fix things, uh, other people, salespeople that need to sell stuff. You might end up using four or five different tools and the ability to have a platform to kind of unify and collaborate all that data together. It's kind of like we were talking about with the marketing tech, um, you know, like all that data can get, you uh, can go sideways in a hurry. And it's kind of like a fire hose that's on and no one's holding it in certain right. cases. So you, you remember like everyone has worked at a company or somewhere along the way. So they're like, God, why are we so bad at taking this and this input here and doing it over here? Because those departments oftentimes in the past use different systems and you try to keep up with it. And it's like, I don't know. So what's going to tie all that together? Now, you know, this company having to raise $25 million, uh, investors love enterprise solutions like this because these can be 
if done well, these kind of companies and startups, can, the the average monthly uh, invoice that they can give users can get pretty beefy when they're servicing huge companies. So uh, congratulations to Kiranu on 25 million bucks and making our list of Indianapolis top startups. Uh, have you, are you, do you have any, have you had any issues with unifying communication platforms? Man, I mean, of course. I mean, I, I feel like a $25 million funding amount is kind of reflective of a deep need. Because I mean, think about like all of the different tools that you use in your throughout the course of your day. Like, I don't know, we use like Slack and Gmail. And you know, there are any number of communications tools out there. So having a centralized hub um, there's a real, real need for that. So, so yeah, I mean, Carano way, way to go friends. Um, you know, I, I feel like your, your funding is reflective of the problem that you're solving because it's huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so next up we have Encamp, uh, and that is Encamp is an end to end environmental compliance platform. And so, so it looks like they've raised about 5.2 million. Um, they are a computer software company. They, they specialize in environmental compliance automation, uh, things like hazardous material tracking, environmental data management. Um, really, I, I think the bottom line is they're helping people to understand, manage, and meet environmental compliance. And when I think of this, again, you know, environmental compliance, not really my wheelhouse, but something that... You know, you look around the average workplace and you have like your MSDS sheets and you, you know, you have to go through any number of certifications um, and inspections in order to be in compliance. And you have to, you know, know the rules and you have to make sure that you're adhering to all of these guidelines. And so being able to have all of that information at the click of a button at your command in a really, really easy hub. I mean, it seems like pretty much all of the the companies on this list they're just trying to make make things easier for us yeah. you know how can we have things and, and, and good software will i mean it yeah. gives you peace of mind or, or it makes things it helps you sell more or spend less but yeah that peace Absolutely. of mind you know when it comes to when it comes to stuff like this this is kind of like accounting in the regards that the volumes and volumes of changes and and tax code and everything it just yeah. changes on such a high volume that the your ability to stay up with it and compliant and know and and also foresee future changes is next to impossible. So you know something like this, and this is important stuff. Unless we just want to continue to live in our own filth, you know. So <laughs> uh, try you know we 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 blame companies that often get outside of environmental compliance, and and we should. But at the same time, you know, with that, with, you know, we need to give companies tools, especially smaller companies um, yeah. that might not right. have the ability to have this like sophisticated compliance department. And right. uh, sometimes people are outside of environmental compliance. They don't even know it. it could, this could be as simple as like, this is the kind of stuff that like a local car wash might use. Right. You know, like, and that's the thing. It's like, you think about a car wash and you know, how are you keeping up with that? You don't want half that shit rolling back into the public water supply. And then right. you, you scale that across every single business that's doing something like that. And the idea that they're going to all be able to stay compliant easily is a, is a problem that needs to be solved. So, all right, next on our list, we have Malomo. 
And this is IT tech and services. So it's e-commerce e order tracking. And it builds brand affinity with the shipment. So it's, you know, when it talks to talk about what, and this company's raised $8.3 million. Now, e-commerce has clearly been on the uptick uh, from the pandemic. And this is just the trend sure. on this. It's, it's, it's just the way of the future. But uh, they specialize in e-commerce, SaaS, and internet. And it helps e-commerce brands generate revenue, loyalty, and engagement by turning their shipment tracking experience into a marketing channel. Smart. Smart. I was, did you, you got a picture from me the, yesterday of your startup hustle baseball jersey I had made for you. I did. I'm so psyched. It even says Conaway on the back. I love right. it. Now, it was supposed to be here three weeks ago. <laughs> so I, I, there was quite a bit of tracking involved because I was curious of where this stuff was. Now, you know, here's the thing. If someone's going and looking at that kind of stuff, well, might as well throw some other stuff in there. I mean, marketing and advertising are all about eyes and impressions. So I think this right. is pretty smart. And, you know, it, 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 now I would never buy anything again from the company that I bought those jerseys from because they said they'd be here in 10 to 12 days. And I got them on the 35th day with absolutely no notification or anything about the delay or whatever. I legitimately right. had to file a complaint on PayPal and then was told, oh, we're behind and this, it's still coming and this and that. Now, look, that's how you lose that. You're talking about loyalty, brand loyalty. Like yeah. I said, I never buy anything from those people again. Now had something actually reached out and I don't know, there's a million ways yeah, to like preserve there was a way customer to loyalty. Like instead yeah. of saying, this is what's gonna happen and then having a deep chasm between what actually, like at yep. some point I feel like you're an understanding man. You know, had somebody reached out to you and been like, hey, we're a little backed up, you know, we're, we're gonna be a little bit later than we thought. Um, that's something that you can, you can accept. Right. I mean, I, yep. I feel like I'd be okay with that. Just as long as you set the expectation with me and you take that opportunity to build that loyalty through communication. Right. So, yeah. So like in this case, it might say, Hey, uh, product X is scheduled and we'll just say that it's on time and within the time frame. So product X has, has shipped to you. Um, you should know that most people that have bought this have also purchased product Y and Z. And that's a good way to build some loyalty. It's good service because, you know, here's the thing is when someone gets product X and then they realize, oh my God, now I got to order Y and Z. Maybe you hadn't even thought about that. So that can, right. you can create gener and generate more revenue rather than just the standard boring crap that's like your package is shipped. It'll be there on Tuesday by the end of the day. Right. You probably put a few other things in there and do something useful with it. So that's smart. All right. Who's up next? Well, so, so next up we have selflessly. And um, so we have already recorded a session with Joshua driver, who is uh, one of their co-founders. Um, and I got to tell you, like the whole time we were doing this interview, I was just, I actually cried a couple of times. I got really excited because I just, I think that selflessly is so cool. Um, you know, it's an all-in-one giving platform for corporate response, co corporate social responsibility is what they call it. And, but really they're just making it easy for teams of people to, to give back. 
Um, so at a lot, in particular, small organizations, they don't really have a lot, uh, people don't really have a lot of time to organize and orchestrate corporate giving drives, whether that's a coat drive or a donation drive around the holidays, or, you know, if people wanted to go and volunteer as a group somewhere, you know, that takes planning and it takes effort. And so often in particular with small organizations, you just don't have anybody who can do all of that in a really meaningful way. And so having a platform and having one place you can go to manage, you know, your, your corporate social giving when you're, when you're giving as a team, you know, offering employee matches is something else that selflessly does, um, or employer matches, sorry. So, so just finding ways for your team to give back, because the fact is, not only is it really great for the nonprofit or the chari charitable organization that you're working with, but it's also great for your teams. Teams who feel fulfilled and valued at work, they, you see higher retention, you see higher happiness. Um, you know, bringing your team together for one common purpose, that's always a good thing. And so selflessly, like it, it's a win-win-win. It's a win for the employer. It's a win for the charitable organization and it's a win for the team. Um, and I just, I like, we're having this conversation talking about this product and the whole time I'm just so excited um, because it just seems like it's a no brainer. Like now we can have small organizations. We can have organizations that don't have a lot of resources to throw at charitable giving. We're making it as easy as possible for them to do that. I mean, do you feel like, you know, full scale would use, use something like selflessly, like as a, as a, an employee kind of perk? Yeah, probably. And so is this like when I raised money for Innovate Her and you can go to Lauren's website and make a donation, by the way, yeah. um, Innovate Her. I bet there's a button on the homepage that helps you easily do that af after I yelled at her about 10 times to put one on there and make it easy for me to give money. But so would this be one of those I things where dig that where, in? Like, is that what this I, was is just, it was nothing but facts, Lauren. I, I take a journalistic <laughs> approach to some of this, and those were just just reporting the facts. Uh, <laughs> now, but now with that, if if so, you're saying that selflessly we could set up that donation, and I could, as a company, uh, match any donations that our staff might make. Yeah. So you could choose to match it or, you know, if you wanted to do a service day um, and come volunteer mm. for Innovate Her, it would help you organize that. Or if you wanted to, I don't think innovators, I don't think we're going to have any coat drives anytime soon. But, you know, we talked about how Jaiwan Mays, she does a coat drive every year. Like, how do you make it easy to coordinate that timing and drop off? Um, so, so yeah, like selflessly is going to make it as easy as possible for you to engage in group giving with your organization. And, and I, I mean, I feel like that's a huge employer benefit because you hear about like service days or like so many companies will give you, you know, X amount of hours a month to volunteer at other places and things like that. Selflessly is just going to help you manage all of that so that you can promote it, so that you can track it, um, so that you can gauge employee satisfaction with programs, so you can pick charities um, as a team. Like, I mean, it's just, it's a really cool platform. She is my fellow peer on the Forbes one, Next 1000 list. Yeah. Jaiwan, is that? I, she yeah? is. Is that you were mentioned? Yeah. Well, and we just yeah, did so. that. We actually just did a startup hustle episode with her. You should give it a listen. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. So, 
All right. Next on the list is Meta CX. And uh, so their mission is to help SaaS and digital product companies transform how they sell, deliver, renew, and expand with one connected digital experience that includes the customer at every stage. So they create shared spaces that allow suppliers and buyers to define and measure outcomes. And, you know, stuff like this I like because uh, as a salesperson and someone who's growing a sales organization, customers are so often in some in some sales organizations including ours at full scale, uh, customers and clients are like snowflakes. They're all different. They all have different needs. They have different problems. They have different, all of it. And uh, being able, being able to have collaboration with now being able to have collaboration with your buyers and your clients and have a better understanding. Like this is another thing that I've had to, to get a grasp on that at full scale. We've had to clients can go in and select the resources or things that they need and and having to do that because well a i didn't know that meta cx existed but in this particular case these kind of collaboration tools and gaining a strong understanding with what your clients and buyers need uh, can can this is where hockey stick revenue comes from and some in some companies because What's easier? Me, okay, think of it as a startup founder or as an employer, and I have to pay you to call people every month. And here's the thing is 20 years ago, when I started in sales and, and biz dev and stuff like that, it was a lot easier to get. That was just the way you did it because there weren't tools like this. If there's a place where you can collaborate and help align sales and the success and all of that with your clients, Think about it. They're telling you exactly what they want to buy and they're going right. and they're, and they're doing that in a very automated and scalable way. And having an understanding of that is important. So yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on your 21.5 million dollars of, of cap raise. And also thanks for helping the salespeople of the world make lives easier and make more sales. I love anything that make, helps me sell more stuff. Yeah, you are, you are a, you're definitely a salesman at heart, a, a really good, yeah. you're a cheerleader, you're, you're a little bit of Sometimes, a cheerleader. Yeah. You got to yeah. be both as a CEO and a founder. And honestly, when people, I define, I, I define myself as a salesperson. A lot of times when I talk to people or I'm on other people's podcasts and they're like, so you're the founder. So, well, actually I'm a salesperson at heart and a promoter and a cheerleader and, yeah. So, I mean, but, but like I said, is the struggle's real and, you know, sales is hard and, and, and some certain types of sales, especially when they become sophisticated and, you know, from a, a sales leadership perspective, like I look at this at full scale, it's very, very, very difficult for me to find salespeople, train salespeople and ramp them up to understand all the complexities and differences that our clients need. Cause our clients are 100% unique from one to the next. So like sometimes if you make it easy for them to tell you what they need, how they need it, when they need it, and maybe even who they need it from, sell more stuff, make it fa better, faster, cheaper to get that done. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, wait, wait. Our our there our our list is calling for a network announcement, Lauren. A network announcement. These are new to start a puzzle. Lauren, did you hear we started a TV show? 
I heard that we've started a TV show. Is, is it because you're on it? And if you don't film for it, I call you and tell you to film for it? Is that is that why? I, I, I love how loosely, like, you tell me, but really what you do is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, i yeah. don't i want you to participate because your input I is so valuable we're, that's what we're, we do but we, no we did yeah. again i refuse i refuse uh <laughs> but no i i gotta tell you man startup hustle tv is amazing being a part of it getting getting to watch it like every time i watch an episode i pick up tips and i'm like wait a minute i'm not supposed to be picking up tips i'm supposed to be sharing tips but um that you you have put together a team of some really incredible people some really smart people um who are willing to share of themselves so so thank you for that yeah man. We're, ho we're, we're hoping to grow that family soon you know the pandemic yeah. has constrained us a little bit and some of that and then we also had to kind of honestly uh figure out what we were doing uh you know one <laughs> of the things that you know, and for those of you listening, some of the episodes are literally just tips, like straight out tips on like how to hire employees or, you know, just different things you can do. And then some, in some cases we follow storylines. Like we have a whole six month timeline that follows the founder story of Matt Watson uh, and Stackify being acquired, which it was five and a half months. And you can see the dude age. Yeah. It. And it was, it was, uh, you know, it was interesting. So yeah, go on over to the YouTubes and, uh, check it out. It's, uh, it, it's, uh, it's good stuff and getting better and better. So, all right. All who's right. next on our list? Well, so, so next up we have Snapshift and, you know, we're, we're talking about like with the previous startups, we've been talking a lot about like holes in the market and ways to like increase connectivity. Um, you know, but but one of the things that we have to talk about is the hospitality industry. Um, I don't know if you've ever worked in hospitality, Matt, um, but you know it's not an easy gig. There's a lot of turnover, and Snapshift is uh, it's a staffing resource. It's a labor marketplace. They are connecting food and beverage operations to vetted hospitality workers anywhere, anytime. So if you need to you know, find seasonal staff for your restaurant or for your, your food and beverage operation. If you need, um, you know, flexible staffing options for, you know, that you're going to have some, some attrition in your staff, or you know that you're going to have some pickup in business, you know, figuring out ways to not only attract potential talent, but get them vetted, get them, make sure that they are compliant, food safe, certified, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, and, and do it in a very frictionless, easy way. Um, so once again, we, we have a, a, an app here. We have a, a product here that is, it's all about making lives and industries easier. And hiring is a huge issue in the hospitality industry. Have you, have you ever had to hire in like hospitality? So I've never, yeah. So I was a bouncer at a bar. Like four years, but, right. but here's the thing though. It's like the, the struggle's real. Cause like, so business, uh, this is gig economy stuff here. And if yeah. you are, if you have a, so these are businesses that have like they, most of the people they employ aren't full time. And then they have right. these peak moments where they need like, all of a sudden they need like 50 people to work and then they only oh, have five full time like March Madness. and trying to, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find, yeah, any of it. And like venues, uh, like, so venues, uh, have a problem with this because 
they need people to do things, you know, like, like in very erratic, like not always predictable dates and times. And, you know, this kind of stuff I think is really neat because it gives people, all right. So I'm old, you know, I turned 46 this year and I wish that so many of the things, like I didn't have Uber, like I would have been driving Uber when I was 18. if I could have. And there was so many tools for like the micro entrepreneur, like you can be your own business as a person. And uh, these kind of things give you an opportunity. You you just look at Uber and all these different things and like Snapshift and like, I mean, honestly, on some levels, uh, people don't have, in my opinion, have a, a valid excuse for being broke for too long, because there's so many tools out there that can help you catch a shift. And right? different things. And this is and this is good stuff. Now, one of the things post pandemic that has made a lot of headlines is a lot of restaurants and and uh, similar and hospitality related businesses are having a really hard time getting people to come back and work out. And right. um, some of that is a product of our own economic stimulus, because it's actually been easier to not work in some regards than other places, you know, than work. But um, all these places that had to shut down, whether it's a venue or a restaurant or a lot of stuff, well, a lot of those people that were involved in their prior gig economy, uh, uh, they moved on to other things. And the, yeah. I mentioned having a history in the music industry, and I know a lot of people that are touring artists, they're having a very difficult time getting back out on the road. Want to know why? Why? They can't find roadies. They can't find roadies. Oh, they man. can't find the road crew. See, so I you look at, like you meant- thought about that. You may have thought about it because here's the thing is a lot of those road crew people, they're in that gig economy and they bounce around, they do different shows, they work, at, it, it's it's erratic. And then when they had nothing in front of them, a lot of them went out and got, quote, real jobs. And now they're like, you know what, I'm not going back to that. And, right. you know, that's a that's a real thing. So, you know, like my, I, I love all the gig economy tools that are out there. And, you know, like companies like Uber really disrupted a lot of stuff and made a lot of industries and entrepreneurs look for solutions. And I'm so good for them. All right. Next on the list. And I like the name here. Supply kick. Just because I just like to, I like to kick it, man. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a end to end partner for navigating Amazon's complexity and developing a strategy that can help your business. So, uh, you know, we we know a little something about that because uh, on Tuesdays, uh, our resident Amazon expert Andrew Morgan's uh, talks a lot about that. He owns a company that 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 does some service based stuff around that, and you know, that's like. I mean, the, the thing is, is whether you like it or not, Amazon's here to stay and uh, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, trying to figure out how to sell, what to sell uh, in the logistics of that, anything, I think anything that helps businesses with that is smart. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's something you can look for a future episode. It looks like uh, they already recorded it. And on June 8th, we'll go live. And that was Andrew talking with Chris Palmer from Supply Kick. So, yeah, I think anything that helps, uh, helps get you through that, it's, it's, it feels daunting in the beginning. And a lot of businesses don't sell on Amazon because they have no clue what they are doing. So they're trying to get into that. So, yeah. Yeah well way to go supply kick and i i do i love that name like i am such a sucker marketing works because anytime i see like a super cool name i'm like i like that company i just do and it it doesn't matter what they do like i just i like the name 
I just so, like to kick it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me, yeah, it does. It makes me feel like strong and adversarial. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. So next up, uh, we, we've got Springbuck. And I gotta tell you, um, I think what this company is doing is is so absolutely crucial. So Springbuck is a health analytics software solution, and they're they're trying what they're trying to do is they're trying to help pre prevent disease using data. Um, you know, they they bring together medical claims, pharmacy, biometric data, activity data, um, and then they use a predictive modeling engine that helps employers target their engagement with with accuracy. They can forecast healthcare spending. They can identify at risk employees. They can measure their wellness programs. And and one of the things um, that I know kind of about the medical field is that we we have talked as a a country you know, so, so often about how key and how important it could potentially be to have like one unified healthcare reporting system, you know, that way you don't have to go to like multiple doctors and keep on sharing all of your information. So I feel like Springbuck is kind of doing this internally for, for organizations to help make their, their health and wellness programs stronger. Again, you know, you have, an, you, you have companies that are trying to offer good benefits to their employees and help keep their employees healthy. And, and Springbuck is, is going to help them do that. It's going to unify all of this information, bring it together, and then it's going to help predict and help map out their employees' their employees' health. And I mean, it, it's just, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about how there's no real, there's no such thing as like a real work-life balance. Like the fact is for most of us, it's all one and the same. And our health our health feeds into that, you know, who we are, what our health care and what our health looks like, um, you know, that that feeds into our, our happiness and our engagement as employees. Right. I mean, don't don't you agree? Yeah. You know, when it comes to, to I think one of the things that people sometimes don't consider when it comes to our medical system is all everything about it is well, most parts of it are based on reaction and not being proactive. So proactivity and being able to prevent things from occurring, like in a heart attack is a good example because most of the time people have a heart attack and the damage is occurring while that is going on. Right. In most cases, uh, given proper, you talked about predictive analysis and certain things, and this is where medicine and data and quite honestly, a lot of simple things, like you look at things like the Apple watch and, you know, like, and, and the amount of, of data and input that can be gathered. And like, sometimes, you know, like your Apple watch will monitor your, monitor your heart rate. And if it sees hey. weird irregularities, it starts to tell you it's like, and you look at stuff like that. So that's an example of like some predictive, like, Hey, this is different. It could be a problem. Yeah, you should go, you should go talk about that with someone. And that's, right. and now, yeah, and so the some of the why of this as well, and like, yes, the why is because people deserve better outcome and output from the medical system, but from a business and a insurance and a societal factor, uh, the reason that it, it there's a it, if we started being more proactive about things that occur in and around our healthcare system, the costs of it would theoretically get a lot lower because right. we wouldn't be treating people for a lot of different stuff. And 
Um, you know, some of that is you know, like, well, and unrelated, like I, I posted on Facebook the other day, I went to the eye doctor who then just confirmed that I was old. Um, now, now, <laughs> so there, there wasn't a whole lot of proactivity to occur there, but in some cases, I mean, this is why you get blood tests and other things at the doctor, because they're looking for factors that contribute to things that are much more problematic. And overall, uh, healthy employees are happier. They miss less time at work. They just get a lot more stuff done and overall care about your people, you yeah. know, want to take care of them. So this kind of stuff is is overall and you know a lot of this stuff when you look at seven plus billion people on the planet we have adequate data we have adequate data to start making you know like i'm seeing a lot of tools similar to this just for employee happiness like one of them's people logic which has been on uh the podcast before and that's like there that begins to find correlations with why your employees are churning and you know this is a similar thing because I mean, here's the thing is if if you have a key employee that, well, like I said, first off, care about your people. But I mean, medical is the number one reason people go bankrupt. And right. it's the number one reason that people miss long durations of of work. And, uh, you know, these, these these are problematic. So, yeah, and that's a, you know, at the beginning of this episode, I was talking about Indianapolis and having a lot of cool stuff going on. I mean, this company has raised 25 million bucks. We've had quite a few companies like that on the list. Now, yeah. before we talk about the last company on the list, I just wanted to give a quick reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping Woo. you build a software team quickly and affordably. If you didn't know it, that's the company I own. And we help you build teams of software developers. We have over 200 people worldwide. It's crazy. That's, that's why I know the struggle is real on so many of these startups we talk about. Because if, if all of a sudden things go well, we went from having no employees to having 100 employees at the end of year one. And, you know, so many of these tools that, uh, that you know, like, like stuff like, you know, that we're, we're talking about Springbook and it's actually spelled Springbuck, like Spring B-U-K. I don't know if they say it buck or book, but, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing yeah. is like, is we want, we want to do everything we can to keep our employees uh, in a happy, well-adjusted frame of mind. And we continue right. to look for tools and stuff like that that can help with it. And, you know, we've also grown in size that we don't just buy standard insurance. We have our own insurance pool. Like we pay our, we just, it's cheaper for us to actually pay out based on medical claims. So from on a business perspective, think platforms like this can save us a ton of money. They can make our, our, our employees happier and healthier. And then yeah. just like that, like I said, that human factor, like take care of your people. They're like, like a family for us. All right. So last on the list, Having raised $35.2 million is Zylo, Z-Y-L-O. And uh, this is a SaaS management platform designed to optimate, optimize cloud-based subscription. The company's platform allows users to gain visibility into hidden ex employee expenditures and manage contract renewals, understand the utilization of SaaS subscription, uh, subscriptions. Okay, look. This is a huge problem. I have this problem. I have this problem big time because, you know, 
what does everyone subscribe to? What does everyone need? And at full, at, at mentioned at full scale, we have a couple hundred employees and we have, you know, 50 plus different clients that we provide full-time service to. And there's a lot of subscriptions and there's a lot of stuff. And, and like, this has been a problem. This is a problem with every company. I, every founder I talk to, especially ones that have more, it's like keeping track. So it's easy to sign up for something. Then you forget about it. Or then that person using that subscription quits or they're not using it or whatever. And next thing you know, you go and you end up auditing this stuff later. And you're like, wow. So I have been paying for eight Adobe creative licenses at $60 a month that no one is using. Right. And then you got to take that and multiply it times 12. Just that simple example I mentioned right there is $6,000 a year of expense. Right. And it just really scales up and down. And, the, and then another thing too, so you just, you end up putting this stuff on a credit card or doing something else and you just don't, it does not usually get managed well. And it's very hard to track. So yeah, all for anything that helps. I, I feel like I need to be personally, like I, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I often no. find myself like subscribing to stuff and I'm like, wait, when did yeah. I subscribe to that? I don't even remember doing that. So I need this for myself. You were asking about my books earlier. I actually uh, uh, talk about some of this in my book, Balance Me, because on a personal level, one of the biggest stressors that people have is related to finance. And um, we often sign up for stuff. And so look, the whole, the whole world of subscription is built to make you feel that it's cheap and affordable, but you know, you talk about, Oh, it's only eight bucks a month. Okay. Well that's $96 a year. And that's so in that I, I encourage everyone to multiply all that stuff times 12 to force yourself to think about what it really costs per year. Cause $50 a month might not sound like much, but $600 a year does. And if you're trying to build a company that could get big in a hurry, uh, that really like, you know, I look at if, if at 200 employees worldwide, if each of them is using something that I pay $10 a month for, that's 2000 bucks a month. And it starts to get, it starts to get beefy. It really does. And it starts to add up and stack up. And I mean, you know, as quickly as our company grew, we found a lot of, a lot of things like we had when a couple, when some employees had left, we had disabled, but not actually unsubscribed their Google suite. So we found that we have been paying $5 a month for a bunch of employees for like two years. And because yeah. oh, that shit's crazy. hard to track. It's hard to it track. It is hard to track. <laughs> Not if you have Zylo, apparently. Yeah. Well, thank you, Zylo. You are, you are right. much needed, friends. So that was all 13 companies that we identified as top Indianapolis startups. And I should have mentioned this at the beginning. We went in alphabetical order, kind of. Uh, but we don't we don't rank them like number one or number 10. So you're on the list or you're not. <clears throat> and that's the way it is. So what, what do you like here? Like what was what was one that really stood out for you? I have a feeling it's portable. <laughs> So, so actually there, there were two that like, I, so selflessly like that, you know, tugs at my heartstrings, like, how do you make it easy for people to give? Um, and I like the name of it and then, uh, but boardable, I feel like boardable could really have a, a deep impact in my day to day. And so like, it, it solves a pain point that I experience all the time. 
So, so those are those uh, are the two that I that I like. How about you? Which ones did you like? I'm going I'm going with Zylo because in the last month I have legitimately had to sit down with our credit card receipts. Yeah. And go through and I'm like, what's this? What's this? What's this? Because it starts to scale up. So I uh, saved the company about 10 grand a year. Nice. And unused shit. And it, but I got to tell you, it's a huge pain in the ass. And in a positive, yeah. I still have more items on my list to go through and, and, and take out. And yeah. Uh, you know, certain software subscriptions are pretty expensive too. Like, I mean, we have some that are hundreds of dollars a month and making sure that they're getting used because a lot of times people will tell you they need to use something and they use it for like a week and then they're not using it at all. And right. so here's the thing is you, you go through the expense of keeping up with that either through labor or is it cheaper to be more consolidated? I mean, overall, all these tools that that unify data and help companies become more efficient and organized. I'm just like a huge advocate for, cause that's so much of my day. Lauren is yeah. just trying to keep that shit on hold. And it's easy as you know, all of a sudden, like our revenue is really high now and it's easy to be like, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And then you get, and then you're 90 days of that away. Right. And you're like, wow, that was a lot of money. Maybe I should have actually done a better job with that or finding other people to deal with it. So yeah, overall, and you know, and congratulations to Indianapolis for continuing to be awesome. I got a lot of love for Indy, as I mentioned. That's my, I lived there for eight years. That's the the second home and it is the home. Uh, that's where my wife is from. And we go back there a lot. So next time I'm in the vicinity, I'm going to stop by and visit a couple of these people. So, oh man, that would be awesome. Take lots of pictures. I will. I will. I'm uh, just me, right? Just like selfies. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could it could be anywhere and really. Like you could take the bathroom. Maybe get other people on them. Yeah. Okay. No bathroom <laughs> selfies. Those are not good. Those no. Never take a people. Never take a selfie in a bathroom. Keep yeah. your phone should not be out in any bathroom. And that's the best that's advice I can give anybody listening, Lauren. I will see you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.